Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me and it's the first one I've done, it's the first TFM I've done this year, probably the first TFM ever I think, uh, in a Christmas jumper Um, and that's only because I was doing something today that necessitated a Christmas jumper and I've still got it on because why wouldn't you, it's the whatever date it is of December, the 16th of December, so why wouldn't you have a Christmas jumper on, in fact I'm assuming you're wearing one yourself, um, which which is all fine, it's also a good time to do a TFM because I found my glasses um, which I'd lost on Monday Uh, but they turned up today uh, on the unit behind the Christmas tree where clearly I put them when we were trying to put the lights on the Christmas tree and I obviously took them off because I need them for distance not close-up stuff and they're quite disconcerting if I've got them on when I'm doing something like that again more information than you needed to know but a relief to me because it's been a bit of an issue this week because I normally have two pairs I have a pair that go in the car and a pair that live in the house. And I wear them in the house for things like the television and for doing computer work because that's mid-distance work and I need them for distance. And then a pair for the car because obviously they're really helpful when I'm driving. Um, But I've had to keep nipping out to the car to fetch them because I've kept... I'm so used now to to when I I, I park up to taking my glasses off and putting them... I put them around the gear stick actually. Um, And then of course I'll come in, forget about them and then need them later on and you're having to tip-top out in your slippers none of which you needed to know so let's let's assume that didn't happen we'll start afresh hello and welcome to this week's tfm and we'll start straight away with a bit of that twangy guitar I'm going to throw a few things in together um, that kind of go together, kind of don't. So we're into second week of cold. Um, I don't mean cold as an outside, though it is freezing. Uh, And I can, I've I've, I've run three times this week in temperatures of um, five degrees or below. Two at six and a half below and one at five below. So it's definitely, definitely, definitely cold this week. But I'm talking about the cold as in the ailment cold. And it's gripped the house now for nearly a fortnight. Uh, Jack brought it into the house. Uh, Josh got it. I got it. Um, Alison finally got it. And then Jack started with it again. And I've kind of started. So I don't really ever feel like I've kind of got rid of it. And I don't think any of us feel like we've we've got rid of it. And it, for whatever reason, it's just virulent. Maybe because we've not had colds for such a long time. Um, it's really it's really taken hold um, this time. And it then got me, it got me thinking about COVID because I had a letter drop through the door this week inviting me for my uh, fourth COVID jab, my booster, which I've already had. I had it as a walk-in, I probably mentioned it uh, around the time, but I had it as a walk-in around about the middle of October. But for whatever reason, my records weren't updated. So there's been some problem with a handshake and the information that was taken from me on the day has not married up directly with my NHS record. And so therefore, as far as the NHS is concerned, I've only had three. Um, now, that might be a problem. I don't know if that would have been a problem if I need to travel or not. Um, I can't think it will be. I don't think you need to be up to date on boosters to travel. I'm not quite sure. Um, in fact, I think my COVID pass is still in date, so I think I can still travel on the three I've had. But it's, um, I, I spoke to the NHS and, and got nowhere. I've ended up having to deal with a pharmacy who, um, who actually, you know, were, were doing the, uh, the the vaccine 
uh, the vaccinations uh, at the village hall and they've been great absolutely superb and within a few days I'm sure it'll get sorted but it then got me onto a couple of things but predominantly it got me looking at the Covid stats for the first time in ages because of course we don't talk about the Covid stats anymore and uh, it made me realise that it, it kind of it, it kind of hasn't gone away uh, and I don't think we I mean, li- living with it means that this we're now in the same situation, I guess, we would be with flu, which is, I'm sure, flu's killing people left, right and centre, and we don't talk about it. And COVID is killing people left, right and centre, and we don't talk about it. So there's um, the last set of data would suggest that 1.1 million people in the UK, so that's 1 in 55, had, um, had COVID. Uh, I think that was either last week or the week before. Um, 707 um, deaths recorded, I think, I don't know if it's in the day or the week, um, I mean, obviously, that's a long way down. It must have been in the week because if it was in the day. That would still be an inordinate amount of people um, dying from from COVID, or or COVID was mentioned on the death certificate. Whether that whether that tie in means they're dying from COVID, I'm not quite sure. But interestingly, um, and I'm, I'm probably just open the page here because I think I've still got it. Yes, I have. Right. So um, your weekly deaths was 707. Uh, estimated people with coronavirus 1.1 million. Um, Still plenty of people going into hospital with it, though obviously it's coming down. The trend for the last three months has been downwards. But the bit that was really surprising when I looked on the dashboard was the was the um, the, the vaccination figures. So 94% of people um, had first dose. Uh, 88% of people had second dose. Only 70% of people had the third dose um, or the booster. Um, and then 58% of people over 50 have had the um, the autumn booster, so that's where we now are with COVID. Um, we have we we are at that kind of. We I guess fifty eight percent is still a very very good, a very very good uh, rate. And I guess because you don't need necessarily to keep having the boosters to allow you to go anywhere at this particular point, or it's not affecting your life if you don't, you're not being restricted in any way. That probably will have affected the. The, the you know the, the uptake of, um, of 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 booster uh, vaccinations because I guess if you needed to continue to keep having the the jabs to do things that number would be higher, but from getting to a point of ninety four percent of first dose and eighty eight of second dose, which is really high, I'm quite surprised it's dropped off by a full thirty percent. Uh, as you know, in fact, it's, it's it's more than that. I suppose when you think of the numbers down, but it, the fact it's dropped off by that is. Is quite is quite astonishing, really, um, and and as much as I'm quite happy to be thinking about COVID as something that we went through and has gone away, actually, when you look at the data, it hasn't gone away, and if it's still accounting for deaths, then that fifty eight percent it would seem low, and yet. I'm. I mean, okay. I've been contacted by the NHS because they don't think I've been vaccinated, so the NHS is still trying to do its thing. But all the public awareness stuff seems to have. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's me that's not seeing it, but it seems to have gone away. So it was. It was. Three things have come together. I guess the cold, the 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 vaccination thing, and then that's triggered me to. And and obviously the problem with my record has triggered me to look at it. So it's it. You know, maybe that's brought me where it is. But I don't know. It just seemed. It, it just seemed for something that was so much part of our lives as near ago as the start of this year because we didn't know what was going to be happening at the start of this year I remember it being something that we needed to consider when we went on holiday in May it's amazing how quickly it's kind of faded 
Tuesday. So I got the Christmas Radio Times this week, which is always a joy. Always a joy. Uh, you know my feelings on the Christmas Radio Times. And even though it doesn't work in the way it used to work, you know, when when I was sort of in my, well, I guess when from the point of being a kid where you were just waiting to find out what the Christmas films were, um, it's, you know, it's definitely a different document than it was. But there's still something very special about the day it lands. But what's kind of weird about it this year, I mean, firstly, I love the cover. I think it looks great. Um, really, really, you know, really did feel Christmassy when I saw it. But what's weird, uh, and we'll gloss over the £5.25 because do you know what? That's probably about right, I guess. Um, but it starts, it doesn't actually start, and I don't ever remember this happening before. The first day of listings are the 24th of January, so they're Christmas Eve. And somehow I used to really enjoy those two or three days before Christmas when you were off school and you'd got nothing to do and the the telly started to ramp up in terms of there were films on there were you know a lot more films on and there were a lot more Christmas programs on and you could actually sit in front of the TV for a few hours on those days and you knew what was going to be on and you knew there were going to be things going on so I mean it used to be that a Christmas carol potentially would be on a couple of days before Christmas and you'd see maybe some of the stuff that was prime time the year before was on again but it was on a couple of days before and so on and so forth and it's kind of weird going straight in at Christmas Eve. I'm kind of missing having the two or three days before, particularly because this year, I mean, the kids have broken up from school. So next week's going to, it's going to feel quite a, a strange week, kind of a, a slow week, because they're going to be around all week. Um, it, things have, because of the nature of um, the, M, the MIA work, things have really slowed down at the MIA. So that's going to be quite, quite as well. So I, I possibly would have had some time next week to maybe sit down and, you know, watch an odd film. And there's always something of interest that pops up that you think, oh, quite, watch that. And it might be, you know, it might be an Indiana Jones movie or it might be something or other that you might sit and immerse yourself in for a few hours uh, just as a, you know, just, just as a kind of a feel good thing. So it's kind of, as much as it's great having it, and it's superb, it's also, it's just weird, it's going through, I mean, it's going through to the 6th of January, you know, normally you kind of, I remember it doing New Year's Day and the day after, and that was kind of it, so just, I guess it's just a freak of timing, because they always go from, from whatever day, so it can only be a freak of timing this year, but it just, I don't know, I just don't ever remember it going from that, that date, Um, but look, over the moon to have it. So it's just it's just nice to have it here. The house feels a, a Christmas a more Christmassy place when it's around. Wednesday. It's been a little bit difficult this week. I was I was eagerly looking at what the newspapers were gonna do in terms of the um, the nurses strike. Simply because this has been a I mean we look we've had a while now of militant trade unions. We've had a while now of being told uh, about militant trade unions and everything being portrayed through that particular lens. Um, and, you know, railway workers obviously have been in, in the headlines for that. But, they you know, they've had a go at barristers and a few other people. They've been absolutely wanting to pigeonhole and uh, show everything in that light. Um, and, and the NHS strike's been really, really interesting and really difficult for the Tories and particularly for the right wing press you know particularly sort of the mail and the the telegraph and what have you because they would like to they would like to absolutely weaponize and they would like to have a go but 
how do you do that? How do you do that with the NHS? I mean, we've come out of a decade of um, chronic underfunding. We, we, you know, it's another one of those areas where we don't pay anything like as well as we should pay, and it's not happened in the last couple of years. This has been happening for a decade. How do you then? Can you try and turn the country against the NHS, or can you try and turn the country against? Um, against nurses and I know it was tried with the junior doctors and obviously the current chancellor was very much at the forefront of that but that didn't necessarily work so how do you do the same thing with the nurses and I don't think you can so it's been interesting watching the media squirm a little when as, as the strike approached because they didn't really know what to do I mean the mirror came out very very strongly in favour of, of the nurses and there's been a lot of pressure um, on the government just to get a handle on this and to sort this out but of course the problem the government's got is what they need to do to put it right when you get to a straw broke the camel's back scenario then what you need to do put, to put it right is something that clearly as a single thing is is not practical or affordable but that's ultimately because you're looking at 10 years worth of issue not just just something that's arrived in the last in the last few days so um I'm I'm going to be very interested to see how this plays out, um, because we could end up with teachers, yeah, and maybe teachers are an easier target. Maybe maybe the right wing, you know, media, maybe the government will find it easier to try and paint teachers in a certain light. But even then, I'm not quite sure. When I'm looking at some of the work that's been going on, and particularly as a governor, some of the stuff that the schools are doing at the moment, and and they are doing some incredible work to get as many kids as possible into school and to support as many families as possible through the cost of living issues, I think trying to do that with teachers is going to be very difficult as well. Thursday. I have to congratulate the BBC, and it's not just the BBC, there'll be loads of people doing this, but it's the BBC where I've I've seen it on their website. I have to congratulate the amount of work that's being done to help people understand uh, the most cost-effective ways of making meals, the most cost-effective meals you can make both in terms of ingredients, um, depending on who you're cooking for as well, whether it's cooking for one, cooking for two, cooking for a family of four or whoever it might be. Um, and also the ways in which you the different ways you can prepare things and the most cost effective ways of, of doing that. So there's a whole article about Christmas lunch and about, you know, preparing either using a microwave or using an air fryer or, you know, down to using a barbecue or all manner of ways of cooking things, slow cookers and all those kind of things to try and help people use um, the, you know, the, the, the least amount of energy um, to make meals. And there's a lot of there's been some really, really good. Um, you know tips and all that I mean one that 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 we now do you know and have been doing for a while is as soon as we finish cooking the oven door gets open and we just let the heat out into the room because why wouldn't you use that bit of heat anyway if you if you know if you can and we're being very conscious now about trying to do things you know have the oven on and, and be as use the oven when it's on for as many things as we possibly can whereas in the past we would have turned it on for one thing and then turn it on half an hour later for something different, and then turn it on half an hour later. We're actually, you know, desperately trying to, you know, be more energy efficient if we can, which long term is going to be far better because ultimately, when we get through, when we get through on unit costs, we've got the whole issue of we we need to be, you know, better better users of energy than we than we currently are. Um, but that's just sparked a whole thing then about um, I didn't realise how almost endemic air fryer use had become 
um, to the point when uh, where a colleague um, put a post on Instagram that she'd been out or her, her um, partner had been out and bought an air fryer which they'd got from Lidl and it was a it was a good deal it was about 100 quid it was one of these dual air fryers I mean I'm starting to get into air fryers now and, and she was saying how you know they'd cooked some stuff last night and it was great and it used you know it took a fraction of the time and results were really great and yada 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 and I, on the back of that I thought Do you know what I quite fancy an air fryer let's let's go to Lidl and pick up one of these air fryers they Lidl had a delivery of these these things and they were 99 quid and so they're about 50 quid off from what they would normally be and they had a delivery of these things on Thursday and I was chatting to the manager of the uh, the store in Home Firth and he said uh, we got uh, we got 10 and they had gone by about 9.30 on Thursday and that store opens at 8 so an hour and a half these 10 um, air fryers had sold and um, there's no stock at all in any of the littles in Huddersfield and I imagine it's the same around the country. But then I started, I thought, well, okay, well, that's an offer that's gone fine, but let's have a quick look around. And you can't get an air fryer other than the really expensive brands for love, no money. You, you, they, they, they have gone totally, totally bonkers. Um, and I was in Sainsbury's this afternoon, and it's the same for slow cookers, and it's the same for, and you, you go through the list of things, because obviously, you know, microwaves have been talked about in terms of how efficient they are slow cookers about how efficient they are air fries about how efficient they are and i think it's a wonderful it's been a wonderful um example of um a lot of brands you know a lot of the supermarket brands a lot of people like like the bbc a lot of other organizations really doing a great public awareness uh, campaign uh, in terms of informing people that what we can do to, to keep those costs down. As I say, the knock-on benefits, got this, this has got to be a good thing uh, long-term. The only downside is, as soon as I made the decision that I kind of wanted an air fryer, um, I'm now desperate, desperate to try scampi and chips in an air fryer, and I can't get one anyway. Friday. Back to the Radio Times. And I could talk about a few things I've found in there because I've already had a bit of a peruse. But the one thing I want to talk about, which is really, really lovely, and I don't know if you remember this time last year, I was supposed to be going to see A Christmas Carol in London with Mark Gattis. And because of issues with COVID at that point in time, back to COVID again, everything's linking together. It's as if I planned it. Um, we we couldn't go. And it was, a, it was an MIA thing. It was a work thing. And we were all due to go. And we made the decision that although it was still going on, because the numbers were where the numbers were with Omicron, that we just we just weren't going to risk it. It wasn't worth the risk. It was so close to Christmas. We were due to go in, in those sort of, I think it was about the Tuesday of the Wednesday, I seem to recall, before Christmas was on the whatever day it was, the Friday or whatever it was, or the Saturday. So, it, and we had family coming around and it was just too much of a risk. Because if you brought COVID into the house, then you potentially ruin, not only does it ruin Christmas, you you know, in my case, how potentially infected, you know, parents and this, that and the other. Um, but the the Mark Gattis version um, has been filmed. And it's it's on on Christmas Day, 7 o'clock um, Christmas Day on BBC4. And so my version of Christmas Carol this year, and it won't be the only one I'll watch, I'll no doubt watch two or three, but my version of Christmas Carol this year is going to be is going to be that one. That's the one I'm really looking forward to. I might try and wait. I normally watch it on Christmas Eve. I might try and wait and see if I can watch it on 
wait and watch it Christmas Day this year and do that one as the one I watch. What I will do before then is I'm going to listen to it. Uh, and the same as I did last year, I'm going to, in my walks next week, I'm going to, because it takes about two and a half hours, the audiobook, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to listen to it um, while I'm out and about walking, um, which is, a, which was the first time I did it last year, it was an absolute treat, so I'm going to do that again, uh, I read it last year as well, and I may well do the same again uh, this year, because it doesn't take that long to read, um, but I think the Mark Gattis one is the one I'm going to go for, so that was just a lovely way, a lovely kind of a nice thing for the end of the week was to to stumble upon that and realise that was going to be going on. Now it's supposed to be it's supposed to be quite scary. Uh, he's he's definitely he's definitely done it in a Mark Gattis way. So there's going to be, you know, I mean, because he's a huge ghost story fan. Um, so it's going to be you know ghost a bit ghosty. And I mean, obviously he did a lot of the Doctor Who stuff and he did a lot of the Sherlock stuff and this and the other. So it's going to have twists and all sorts. So. I'm looking forward to his take on it. But it was just something that I thought would never be done again. I'm going to get to see. And that was a lovely, lovely way to end the week. Anyway, I'm going to disappear off. Uh, I'm still desperately trying to get myself organised to go to Oxford for the H... Uh, Christmas show tomorrow for those of you who um, are aware of Mr Hogarth and his work um, doing a little bit of a a, a, a livey podcast thing there for sort of 15-20 minutes tomorrow night no idea what I'm going to talk about have to worry about that tomorrow um, so hopefully see some of you there tomorrow uh, other than that stay safe uh, try not to get this cold uh, and I'll talk to you next week <laughs>